What's up, everybody? What's going on, podcast? So some people find enjoyment in pairing cheese with wine. And while I can't blame you for that, if you know me, you know that I find enjoyment in pairing opposing muscle groups in the form of supersets. So this 35th episode is going to be 10 supersets that you have to try. Emphasis on the word half. Um, these are supersets that I do all the time. They're my go-tos. It's kind of my bread and butter for the, the way that I approach training. Um, these are all going to be mostly centered around free weights, and they're going to be mostly classic old school compound moves with a couple exceptions. Um, these are going to be your meat and potatoes exercises, you know, nothing cute or fancy. Um, these are going to be based on my current workout split. That's what I'm doing right now. And it's also my favorite workout split. This is what I usually do. Got this from Arnold Schwarzenegger's Bodybuilding Encyclopedia. Um, I like to do back and shoulders together. I like to do chest and arms together. And then I like to do legs on their own day. And I work for the most part, every single body part twice per week, and then rest on Sundays, which is where most of your muscle growth happens. It's not, you don't grow by moving around pieces of iron. You grow by letting your muscles rest and by feeding them adequately, getting and getting some good sleep. Um, and so, on Mondays and Thursdays, I like to do back and shoulders. Um, these are antagonistic muscle groups, meaning that they work in opposition to each other. So they actually complement each other very well to work both of these muscles on the same day. One can work while the other one rests. That's the entire idea of working opposite muscle groups in the form of supersets. Um, and it's, and it's, it's just an art putting your workout together and especially if you're doing supersets and figure out which exercises complement each other the best. Um, I like to do chest and arms on Tuesdays and Fridays and the reason for that is because first of all uh, this is just for my physique personally so again like this this split may work well for you um, but you got to do what's best for your own body type and so get with your coach whoever that is and um figure out what kind of split would be best for you. But personally, I find this works very well for me. And it also works very well for a lot of my clients um, to do chest and arms together. Um, but for my physique personally, I mean, my, my chest isn't like a pro chest or anything, uh, but it's definitely a, a ways ahead of my triceps and my biceps. And all of the best tricep exercises really are pressing movements in the form of either close grip presses or dips. And uh, I mean, those are really chest exercises too. So I just find that chest and triceps go really well together. Um, and then working biceps in between sets, I find to be very effective for a number of reasons that I'll be getting into now. Um, it also gives my back a chance to rest for leg days. So if I do back on Monday, then it's usually sore on Tuesday. And I want it to be fresh for legs. So that if I'm doing deadlifts and I'm doing squats, like then I'm not limited by my back and then I can push my legs to the max. Um, and so that's why I like to do chest and arms on Tuesdays and Fridays. Also, of course, everybody knows that if you've gone to the gym on a Monday, what can you not find a bench? Because bench is, or uh, Mondays is international chest day, right? Um, so you're usually better off trying to hit back or shoulders or legs or like basically anything besides chest on Mondays. Um, so then that leaves Wednesdays and Saturdays to hit legs. I like to do legs on their own days. Sometimes I'll throw some upper body in there too. And so we'll be getting into that. Um, so I'm going to give you three back and shoulders supersets, three chest and arms supersets, and three leg day supersets. 
Um, personally, the way that I train legs is one of them is quad dominant. So I usually go to the gym for that. I find it easier to hit my quads if I have all the cables and um, leg extensions and the machines to be able to hit quads more effectively. And then the other one is going to be more posterior dominant. So it's going to be more glute and hamstring focused. And I like to do that at home with my, uh, with my strength setup. So, um, that, and yeah, and that way my back is always fresh for deadlifts and for squats. Okay. So that's three plus three plus three, that's nine. And I promised you 10 supersets in this episode. So the bonus superset, you've probably never tried this before, but it's a scientifically proven method to enhance your gains on whatever your lagging body part is. I love doing this method. It's going to be the last superset. So you want to listen all the way through to the end because you definitely don't want to miss that. You're not going to be disappointed when you hear it. And if you are disappointed for whatever reasons, send me a DM or an email and let me know. And I promise to spot you on your next heavy lift. Um, if you're at a distance, it'll have to be over Zoom. Okay, so we're getting into back and shoulder supersets that you have to try. First superset that you have to try for your back and your shoulders is, drum roll please, wide grip barbell upright rows and close grip easy bar face pulls. These are great together because the only muscle really worked on both of these moves is the rear deltoids. It tricks them into pulling past failure and it's one of the most underdeveloped muscles in all athletes. So hitting that one from two different angles is what I, from what I've found a very effective way to get the rear deltoids to respond. Um, number two is wide grip reverse chin-ups and seated behind the neck presses. It doesn't have to be wide grip reverse chin-ups. Uh, that's personally my favorite variation of a chin-up because us tall people, if you're like me, if you're if you're six foot one, six foot two or taller than that, then um, your lats usually tie up a little higher. So it's really important to develop the lower part of the lats and to try to target those with either low rows or with some sort of a chin-up variation with your palms facing in, kind of like you would do a bicep curl, lean back and then really pull with your lower back and try to squeeze and get blood into the lower back muscles that you're trying to develop. Um, every single competition, the judges always tell me that my lower back needs to catch up with my upper back um, so that I can look more proportionate. So on building phases like this on the off season, which is why I'm taking so much time off, um, I try to focus on on my on my lower back um, so the reason that chin-ups whatever variation you're doing and seated behind the neck presses go so well together is because the pump in your lats and in your biceps and all of your pulling muscles it actually gives you leverage on the press so you want to do the press right after so when you do chin-ups and you get blood into your back and into your biceps what happens when you sit down with a with a heavy bar over your head and you go to press that bar up if you do it just sitting in a chair right now or wherever you are, hopefully you're not driving and trying to do this and take your hands off the steering wheel. Um, but if you if you imitate a pressing movement, you're going to notice that your biceps touch your forearms and your arms and, and your, your humerus touches your lats. So if those are all filled with blood, it actually gives you more leverage and power to be able to push up harder. Um, nobody really knows <laughs> the science behind why doing one lift and then doing an opposing body part immediately after actually enhances the results of both exercises. But you'll notice that you'll be able to lift more throughout your workout if you do it this way. So 
this is the way that I that 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 I that I personally like to train. I mean, pretty much all the time. I'm almost always doing this. I very very rarely ever do a single exercise and rest and then do that same exercise again. I mean, there's always something you can do between sets. Um, there are some exceptions like deadlifts, for example, it's probably the most highly taxing exercise on your central nervous system. So that's one exception where I just like to sit down and listen to some music and meditate or pray or just not do any exercise between sets because it takes so much focus. But other than that, um, I almost all, you know, if you, if you do, if you do your workout this way, you can get your workout done in half the amount of time and you'll actually find yourself improving your performance on, on, on all of your exercises, at least from my experience. So, um, a, a, a word of caution on seated behind the neck presses. This is a very dangerous exercise, but it is just so effective at developing the lateral deltoid head, the side, the side of the shoulders. And so both of these exercises together are actually very effective for that V taper. The wide grip reverse chin-ups or any kind of chin-up um, develops your lats and, and also your biceps too. You don't really notice it, but it does work your biceps. Um, and seated behind the neck presses, that works your shoulders, specifically on the outer part of the shoulder, which is why I love these, which, which is why I love this exercise. And so what that does is it gives you broader shoulders and builds muscle to be able to give you the appearance of broader shoulders and the appearance and the illusion of a smaller waist, which is as, which is very aesthetic, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman. So with that word of caution, please understand that seated behind the neck presses, I have videos of all these exercises on our YouTube channel, by the way, it's skull bells. If you just type in S-K-U-L-L-B-E-L-L-Z, you'll be able to see quick demos on our quick demo playlist of all these exercises. We have over a hundred videos on that playlist, by the way. Um, but with the seated behind the neck presses, please understand it's very, very high risk, but very, very high reward as well. Okay. Um, seated dumbbell uh, shoulder presses and wide grip bent over rows with high reps. That's the third one. Again, that's dumbbell shoulder presses and wide grip bent over rows. These are great for the end of a workout. And again, the rear deltoids are hit twice. One of the biggest lacking muscles in most athletes is the rear deltoid. So being able to hit that one from two different directions. Um, that's a huge plus. And again, I like to do these at the end of my workout after doing, after doing barbell presses, most of my shoulder exercises, it'll look something like this. I'll start with my pulling movements because I really don't like them. <laughs> I don't like doing upright rows. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's important to hit your shoulder from as many different angles as possible. Right. And so, um, any, any good shoulder workout is going to have some variation of an upright row and some variation of an overhead press. And so I like to start with the upright rows, get those out of the way, go into a barbell press, which is gonna be where most of your gains come from on your shoulder exercises. Um, but your shoulders are also mostly stabilizing muscles too, um, especially the side deltoid. So that's why I like to throw dumbbells in after the barbell presses. And then again, supersetting that with a wide grip bent over row for your upper back, um, it really hits the rear deltoid and it's a great way to finish off everything on your upper back, including your rhomboids, your traps, everything up there. Okay, so that's three for the back and shoulders. Now we are going into chest and arms day. So the first one is gonna be weighted tricep dips 
not chest dips, but tricep dips, meaning you're, I have, a, I have a video on this too, meaning that you're leaning further back and your hands are closer together, focusing on squeezing with your triceps. I like to think of it as doing dumbbell extensions with both arms at the same time, but I'm really doing dips. Okay, so first exercise is weighted tricep dips. And the second exercise is easy bar curls, uh, bro style is what I call these. So, um, but, so when it comes to curls, there's really three different ways that you can curl a bar. Um, and, 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 what they, and what they look like is the first one is having very, very strict form. And it's really only achievable in my opinion, if you're either leaning up your back against the wall, which is what I do, or if you have an arm blaster, which is a very, very classic piece of gym equipment uh, in which you put it over your neck and it locks your arms in place. And so you really can't cheat or move your arms at all. Um, and if you're just holding an easy curl bar and standing in place, you'll notice that it's really easy to rock and move the rest of your body and, and, and cheat a little bit. Um, which is okay. I mean, as long as you're working your biceps effectively and you're getting a pump and they're sore the next day, I mean, all the signs that you've had a good workout, not that being sore is all, it always means that you had a good workout, but they're often very well correlated with each other. <laughs> um, the way that pe that most people do curls, uh, is fine. Just standing in place and not swinging or go or swinging the weight around and going crazy with it. Um, but you know, rocking your, your elbows forward a little bit, um, using a little bit of front deltoid, you know, people don't realize that the biceps not only flex your elbow joint, but they also, um, abduct your shoulders a little bit too. They also are, are, they also work together with the front deltoid, um, and even pressing movements and anything where you're moving your hand up over your head. So two functions of the bicep, it connects to your shoulder and it connects to your elbows. So doing tricep dips and easy bar curls together are great. Oh, and then the, the third, the third way to do, um, to, to do a barbell curl is what's called cheat curls. And that's when you're actually using more body momentum and like kind of using your hips to help get the bar up. And, uh, that's a very, very advanced technique. You have to earn the right to cheat on that one. Um, it shouldn't be done very often. I hardly ever do them personally. Um, but it's a good way to overload the biceps though, for somebody that knows what they're doing. So pairing dips and curls together with an easy bar. These are, according to Arnold Schwarzenegger and according, according to most bodybuilders, they are uh, the meat and potatoes, the best basic exercise for both of these muscles. Um, so if you're going into the gym to train arms and you don't know where to start, um, do both of these exercises first, back to back. You can't go wrong with either of them. Um, and then the, the bicep pump, again, will give you more pressing leverage on your dips, just like we talked about with the back and shoulders. When you get blood into your biceps, I personally, I like to do the biceps first, right before the pressing movement. And then I, I, I fatigue the biceps, I get them worked, and I get them nice and pumped with 10 to 12 reps. Then I do dips right after it. You got to throw your weight on really quick if you're doing weighted dips. <laughs> And then, um, and then go all the way down. You can feel your biceps touch your forearms and that gives you leverage to be able to press yourself up. You'll be able to get more dips in that way. Uh, okay, the second superset. So that was the first set superset for chest and arm day. That is weighted tricep dips and easy bar curls. The second superset is barbell incline presses supersetted with alternating dumbbell incline curls with Arnold's twist. <laughs> Arnold's twist on this is what really makes this, this exercise. Okay, so um, 
again, barbell incline presses. That's just a normal incline press with a barbell and doing dumbbell curls on that same incline bench. Um, the standard incline angle is perfect for the, for the bicep exercise too, because when you lean back like that and you can feel your biceps stretch out, that's going to give you a very, very full range of motion. And it's going to further isolate the biceps to really build that peak of the biceps, the bicep pump, you guessed it gives you more leverage on pressing with your chest exercise that you're doing in between sets. So that's the second superset. The third one, last superset that we have for chest and arm day is barbell bench presses with a power grip and dumbbell seated hammer curls. There's a very specific way to do it. So here's what you want to do. You want to use the same bench, but you want to use a power rack, not a normal bench press. The reason is because the bar on the bottom of a normal bench press will get in the way of your hammer curls. So if you use a power rack, you can sit on the bench for the curls after you just did your bench press and then lean back on the bar to keep strict form on your hammer curls. So your bench presses, if you're going heavy, like around five to eight reps, um, do that and then do your curls right after and then get them nice and full of blood. So then that way, by the time that you go back to do your bench press, your biceps, again, you guessed it, are going to give you more leverage and you're going to be able to push more weight and you're going to be stronger when you do bench stronger in fact than if you did than if you just rested in between sets uh, if you haven't tried this before you have to try it and i mean don't you want to get in, in and out of the gym faster don't you have more more other stuff to do than just be in the gym all day um, you can cut your workout in time in half if you do it like this um, the heavy bench press as a bonus is going to make the dumbbells feel super light. <laughs> so that's another bonus. Okay. That brings us to three leg supersets that you have to try. Here's the first one. Heavy barbell front squats, not back squats, but heavy barbell front squats. You're holding the bar on your shoulders in front of you. Supersetted with dumbbell hamstring curls for high reps told you these exercises are going to be old school. <laughs> so the dumbbell hamstring curl is when you lay on the bench and you usually have to have a spotter unless you're really talented and like you, you do this a lot, then you, you can, you can do this where you actually set the, the, the dumbbell on the ground, put your feet around it, and then very carefully lean forward onto the bench and start performing dumbbell hamstring curls, just like the machine hamstring curls. Uh, but anyway, you want to do these for high reps. Okay. So the first one is barbell front squats and they're heavy. Second one is dumbbell hamstring curls, and these are high reps. So what this does is it pumps up your hamstrings and it's just like the upper body exercises. You pump up the hamstrings, that gives you more leverage for your squats and encourages a full range of motion. So when you're doing your front squats, you're gonna wanna go all the way down knowing that your hamstrings and your calves are gonna touch each other and you're gonna have that leverage to be able to explode up and be able to push up. You don't wanna be bouncing up and down but when you go all the way down and, and ATG, it's called, excuse my language, ass to grass, your butt going as far down as it can go. And you're going to, you're going to go, you're going to go all the way pretty much to the ground. And what that does is makes your, 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 your calves and your hamstrings touch each other, gives you more leverage to be able to push up and to, and to be able to explode up. And you're going to see your results on your squats um, increase as a result. So for us long-legged guys and, and, and ladies, um, this fatigues the hamstrings also to force you to use only your quads 
um, and your glutes to a lesser extent on the front squats. And then the hamstrings will often take too much of the load, um, even on front squats for those of us with long femurs. So if you pre-fatigue the, the hamstrings, then your hamstrings aren't gonna be able to help and you're gonna be able to get better quad activation on your heavy squats. Um, quads and hamstrings are the biceps and triceps of the legs. Think of it that way. Okay, second one on leg day is leg presses, just normal leg presses, and calf presses on the leg press machine. This is like one of the best gym hacks ever. <laughs> I feel like everybody that figures this one out goes, oh, I just saved so much time by ins instead of just resting between sets, I can use the same amount of weight for calves. Uh, it's super convenient um, the, the, because if you, it's pretty much from what I've seen, um, the same ideal reps for each. So if you're doing like, what, what I usually do is put three plates on each side, get 15 good reps going all the way down full range of motion usually towards the end of my workout just to finish off my legs and while i'm there on the leg press it's perfect for calves so i just scoop my feet down towards the bottom of the platform and then i can get 15 to 20 reps usually more actually for calves um, and working calves in between sets isn't going to hurt your performance on the leg press uh, the third one is barbell hip thrust the third and final one barbell hip thrust for high reps and barbell stiff leg deadlifts for low reps okay so you're going to start with one of the greatest glute exercises which is barbell hip thrust also works the abs and stiff leg deadlifts to target the hamstrings not the glutes but the hamstrings there's a difference between romanian deadlifts and stiff leg deadlifts romanian deadlifts are great for working the glutes Personally, I find ex I find wonderful activation on the hamstrings um, with stiff-legged deadlifts, and I don't even lock it all the way out. Um, the reason is because if you lock it all the way out, then at the top you're just holding the bar, then you're just working your grip strength, um, but your legs aren't really doing anything anymore, so it kind of disengages your hamstrings. So I'll start from the bottom, keep my legs straight, not locked, but straight without bending my knees and then pull up think consciously squeezing my hamstrings and using that to pull the weight up and when i'm oh it probably a 60 70 degree angle up as opposed to being all the way straight up and down then i just go right back down with it a couple more tips to help you with the stiff-legged deadlifts is to uh, keep pop proper back posture and the way that you do that is by arching your lower back keeping your chest up. So like if somebody's in front of you, they should be able to see any writing that's on your chest if you have like a logo or something on your shirt and pushing with your heels, okay? And you wanna focus consciously, consciously again on squeezing your mid hamstrings to pull the weight upward. Uh, for me, at least at the time of this recording, uh, I'm usually using 190 pounds for each exercise, uh, which again is perfect because if, 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 if you're if you're like me, if you're kind of in the same strength area and if your body is um, has kind of the same proportions as mine, um, you're not going to have to re-rack your weights um, for and, and you can hit these very, very quickly back to back. Um, so personally, I use a 10 pound Rhino Flex bar. It's a bamboo bar. And uh, I, have, I, have a, I have a video on, on, on this on my YouTube channel too. It's a, it's a wonderful bar. It's great on your joints. It's light, it's fun. It looks really cool on Instagram too because it bounces and it wobbles. <laughs> um, so I use my 10 pound RhinoFlex bar, which is thick. It's easier on <laughs> uh, the body part, my hips that I am using to press the weight upward on the hip thrust. <laughs> 
And, uh, and then I put two 45 pound plates on each side. So that's 45 plus 45 plus 45 plus 45 plus 10, that's 190 pounds. So 15 reps for the hip thrust with pauses at the top and that pre-fatigues the glutes. Then right after I'm done with that, I like to get up and do five reps for stiff leg deadlifts. The hamstrings respond best to heavy weight and low reps. So it's the perfect rep range for your stiff leg deadlifts if you're getting five good reps there. Um, obviously, if you let your form slack and if you're not being super strict, you can get many more than five. Um, but if you, if, you, if you do them slowly and if you're really isolating your hamstrings, it doesn't take a whole lot of weight. You don't need to, to put on a whole bunch of plates to be able to, to be able to really grow your hamstrings. So five reps at 190 pounds is perfect for me, especially right after doing glutes. Um, and then that pre-fatigues the glutes and weakens your performance in the lift, which is kind of what you want. It's like, well, why would I want to lift less on, on deadlifts? Well, deadlifts are already a very dangerous exercise, especially stiff-legged deadlifts. Um, and so if you can pre-fatigue and force yourself to have to use less weight, then it's kind of a bonus because then you're lifting more safely, right? De deadlifts are dangerous. Very high risk, very high reward. Okay. So that's pretty much everything. That's three sets of back and shoulders. That's three sets of chest and arms. And that's three sets of legs. Now that brings us to the grand finale, which is the bonus superset. Here we go. Low bar squats, heavy with an isolation exercise of your choice for high reps, okay? So that's low, low bar squats. That's when the bar is on the basically the shelf right underneath your traps. If most people, when, when you when you put the bar on, if you never thought about it, I guarantee when you put the bar on your back, you're putting it on your traps, like so it's touching your neck, uh, which is fine. I get way more power personally, and most people do as well. Um, if you go to the next shelf down where it's kind of touching your rear deltoids and, um, and you have to lean forward a little bit further, but you can push more weight, or at least I can. Um, so do that for, 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 for low reps, somewhere around three, four, and five, um, and, and go heavy, push a lot of weight and really push yourself on those. And then in between sets, do an isolation exercise of your choice for high reps. And here's why. Okay. So personally, I like to hit biceps because biceps are never big enough, uh, in particular mine, <laughs> um, any bodybuilding competition, it's always one of the most self-conscious poses for me is because my, my biceps are never really as big as the, as the guys next to me. That's why I'm taking time off so I can just focus on building these bad boys. And th this is this is one of the ways I'm doing it right now is doing this in between sets and squats. Why does that work? Okay, because heavy squats, especially in the four to five rep range is one of the best testosterone boosting exercises that you can do. Low reps won't require a lot of blood or glycogen either. Because when you do heavy lifts, you're mostly using the creatine phosphate system, not so much glycogen. So that allows you to be able to spare your glycogen for, glyco for, for, for exercises that really need glycogen, which is something like bicep curls. To get that pump, I mean, that's glycogen. That's what, that's what you're using. That's sugar, basically, in its complex form. Um, in your muscles that you're, that, that when you do bicep curls, you're recruiting that glycogen and using that for your fuel. That's how you get that pump. So then, uh, neither of these exercises will detract from each other either biceps and the legs. I mean, biceps aren't going to make you squat less if, if they're tired and your legs, if they're tired, aren't going to make you curl less. So these go really well together. 
Um, heavy weight makes the dumbbells or the curl bar, whatever you're curling with, feel light. <laughs> um, so just from a from a mental standpoint, I find a lot of benefit in doing bicep curls in between sets. Um, power moves with your lower body stimulates muscle growth for your upper body. When you do when you do heavy squats or heavy deadlifts um, or anything heavy, it's producing it's producing testosterone, it's producing growth hormone, and then those hormones are going to be anabolic, and, and those are going to increase your performance on biceps. Uh, if your triceps are lagging, great. You can do tricep exercises in between. If your rear deltoids need work, you can do some face pulls in between. Um, you can get creative with it and find what works best for you based on what your physique needs. Hey, podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for this entire episode. If you found this entertaining or if you found it helpful, we ask if you would please share this and help spread the word. To make sure that you don't miss future weekly episodes, we have a new episode every Saturday morning. You can subscribe to the podcast and it would mean the world to us if you would leave us a rating or a view on iTunes or whatever platform that you're listening on. And if you're listening to this audio, remember that you can watch the video on YouTube. We are not on Patreon or any other service for donations. This content is our gift to you. If you would like to support the show, we do invite you to our website, supersetyourlife.com, where you will find our retail pages for our very own Skull Bells workout equipment line, hats, t-shirts, coaching services, and my stand-up comedy booking information. On the website, you will also find the link to subscribe to our weekly newsletter to be informed of new product announcements, sales, and all information to be up to date on what is going on. Finally, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at supersetyourlife.com. Thanks again. God bless. Also, the audio is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Probably a couple other ones I don't even know about. Thanks a lot. Thank you.